No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing, the interviews podcast. Yes, you heard me right. We're back. Back for season two, and the first one off the rank is Jay Kennedy because we have hit the bottom of the barrel, apparently. We couldn't find anyone else, but we're starting from the bottom. We're going up, people. I'm Peter Wilco-Wilkinson. I'm joined by Jay Braden Martin. But here, Jay Kennedy, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks for having me finally. I uh, feel like you are scraping the barrel if I'm in now and mm. uh, didn't get in the first round. So, yeah, you Look, must be desperate. We aim low, and then we, we try and improve from there. It's, <laughs> it's the perfect way. It's like everyone should be. Uh, look, explain to us, who's Jay Kennedy? For those idiots out there who don't understand who Jay Kennedy is, because everyone should know you. We've had you on this enough place uh, enough times. If they've watched an iRacing anything on any channel in anywhere in the world, it's probably either done by you or inspired by you. But who are you exactly? Um, so I don't actually know what my official title is within the, the SimSpeed <laughs> organization, but um, I'm the shit kicker. Yeah. Oh, no. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just you seen a behind the scenes broadcast then. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Max Bance. yeah, Max Bance. Yeah. I do let it out in Max Bance. Um, <laughs> I am one of the, the owners of SimSpeed, one of the main producers at SimSpeed and also a contractor for iRacing themselves. Wow. Look at that. You've got everything. So technically, we've officially got someone from iRacing on the podcast for the very first time in the interview section. I feel proud now. Tell I mean, me. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, well, yeah, technically, I am part of the iRacing crew. I mean, I worked for them this morning. So um, all of the, the Porsche broadcasts last year I worked on, or earlier this year, I should say, all of the Coke eNASCAR series broadcasts I've worked on and um, working on the Dallara Championship now as well. So... Let's go right back to the beginning. Yep. Jay Kennedy's a little boy, just running around his house, having fun. What was he doing? Was he was he playing sim games? Was he racing games? Was he just running around annoying the neighbours? What was he doing? Sport was always my thing. Sport was always my outlet. Um, from age 11, I started to get really into basketball, and basketball has been my main sport throughout my life. I refereed basketball for 20-plus years. Um, but motorsports always had something special to me as well. Um, around about be nearly 11 years ago now, um, Mitch McLeod showed me iRacing and within five so seconds, I was hooked. he is to blame. He is to blame. Wow. Um, okay. and then again, Mitch was the one that was the catalyst for starting what was then V8s online. It was, um... The Monday night official V8 series always was the biggest series on iRacing. It had the biggest strength of field season upon season, uh, week on week. The, the highest iRating drivers anywhere in the world would race in that race on Monday night. And um, it deserved more coverage than what it was getting. So I, uh, I had a crack at broadcasting it. And November 2011 was the first broadcast. And we're still going today. So take me back to November 2011. How proud are you of that first broadcast? And do you oh, go back I'm and horrified. look at it? Horrified. <laughs> it is uploaded on YouTube and it is horrific. Um, the picture quality is horrible. The commentary is absolutely terrible. But I enjoyed it enough that I've continued to do it with a couple of sabbaticals in between. But yeah, I've, I've pretty much done this ever since. And V8s online slash SimSpeed is now the, the longest running, continuous, continuously running broadcaster in iRacing. So that's something I am very proud of. So who was there with you on that first broadcast? Nobody. Just you. <laughs> Just me. And how many times have you... Oh, sorry. Not how many times. You're a retired commentator now is your technical term, right? I've... Yeah, I'm trying to not <laughs> commentate, but... Um, I was going to say, when that, was the last time you did commentary? Oh, last week. Um, <laughs> but my, my thinking around that is that if I have commentators organized, if someone doesn't make it or if someone's having to drop out last minute, we've got a backup option. That's always my, my thinking. So rather than me putting my hand up to be commentating straight off the bat, I don't want to then be stuck without someone with me. So if we've got commentators organized without me, 
and something happens, then, you know, we should be okay to cover that if something happens to one of them. So what, back in the day, you do your first broadcast, but back in November 2011, you're doing the first broadcast, you think, okay, this is something in this. Where did it go from there? Like, what's the process? Did you just do it again the following week and, and hope for the best? Or did you have a plan straight up that you think was going to be something good? Um, I don't think I really had a plan at all for, for the growth and expansion that we got. Um, 2011, we just sort of, well, I just sort of flowed with it. And eventually Sandman came and joined, Stephen Clark. Um, jumped on with comms for a little while and we had uh, guys from Extreme Sim Gear. So uh, Daniel Bryant and also Corey Slade jumped in and helped. And then eventually Sebastian Murray Westberg, who now drives for Taipan, he was uh, the main producer because he was one of the first in Australia to get NBN. So he <laughs> um, he jumped in and, and broadcast. And we ended up doing, I think, three nights a week. We were doing, we were doing trucks. We did the original iRacing GT3 series and Monday Night V8s. And back then as well, qualifying in official series was separate. So we used to do a special broadcast of the very last qualifying session of the week in the build-up to the race. That was really, really well hyped because it was a full half hour before the final race. And we could sort of build that up and hype it up. So um from there we, we've we've grown leaps and bounds added v8 scops we've now broadcast irsing special events in association with racebot and gsrc um so you know we, we've we've come a long way and yeah it's, it's something i'm very very proud of how much we've expanded as well so i i can only imagine the setup you've got now We'll go through that in a moment because we do like to talk setups and stuff like that. What did you use to broadcast that very first night? Uh, basic triple setup. So one screen, I think I had uh, a timing program that was uh, very, very basic. Um, and do you remember Livestream.com? That was the website we went to um, yeah. because YouTube... Didn't even have live streaming at that stage. <laughs> Twitch wasn't around. There was no live streaming on YouTube and Facebook hadn't even considered a live function. So we had to find somewhere. So um, livestream.com was where we went. And I think the quality was about 240p, which was the best that we could do considering <laughs> nobody had broadband, like anything better than ADSL. So um, we made do with what we had and it worked really well. But yeah, setup was just a basic triple screen setup. Um, capturing an iRacing window in 720p, and from there, we've we've grown. Finally, got HD streaming in 20 late 2012, and now got the ability we could do 4K if we had the equipment to do it. But yeah, we could we could go 4K now if we wanted as well. Wow! So, Braden, this guy is a basketball fan, basketball player. Dive into some questions with him about basketball. I want to know what how good he actually is at this thing. I don't know enough about basketball, so I can't do this. Well, I don't know if I can talk to him if he's been a ref because normally, normally <laughs> I just shout, I normally just shout at them. So, obviously, um, did you play any play any decent level of basketball when you when you were younger? Obviously, no, you fell in I was, love with it. I was hopeless. Um, <laughs> I, I love the sport, but I was hopeless at it. But um, yeah, my main love of the sport came through coaching and refereeing. So um, started refereeing at age 12 and refereed right up until I was 30, yeah, 30. So 18 years. I would imagine that um, being a basketball referee would definitely prepare you for any kind of uh, interactions with race drivers because I'm assuming social basketball players and race drivers probably aren't that far from each other in terms of arguing and (laughs) thinking they're always right. So that's probably a good good uh, preparation uh under 16 girls parents we were what i found were the worst <laughs> they used to absolutely abuse the heck out of you so yeah um uh, abusive parents in sport was was probably the the scariest thing and something that i've been very very mindful of um now that harrison's at the age of doing of doing sports and and that sort of thing so um yeah i'm always going to make sure that 
I'm not going to be one of those parents and I'll be one of the parents that are ultra encouraging to, to those um, around and involved in sport. But yeah, basketball, uh, last time I played, ended in an e-reconstruction. So yeah, my <laughs> basketball career wasn't too good. Fair enough. Um, team, you're obviously a big follower of the NBA. Yep. Um, so my team used to be the New Jersey Nets back when ah. I really got into the NBA when um, Jason Kidd was playing at New Jersey and followed New Jersey right up until they moved to Brooklyn. Um, I wasn't a big fan after Brooklyn and didn't have a team for a couple of years and then uh, played NBA 2K career mode as you do and three seasons in a row or three years in a row that put me at the Denver Nuggets. So I'm like, well, it must be a sign. I better be a Denver supporter. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been a, a very, very sad for most of the years Denver supporter and until the last couple of years and enjoying the success that we're having now. Yeah. Very nice. So, so what other sport? I was going to say, gonna gonna say a- have you always been a sports uh, game player as well? Obviously moving yeah. away from the racing a little bit, but was it always NBA games? Any others? Yeah, FIFA was always one that I played uh, when they came out. And NBA's always been something I've installed in Madden NFL as well. Still remember playing that on the old Sega Master System back in the early 90s. And it was um, absolutely nothing like what it is now, but it was still <laughs> pretty fun, even though I didn't really understand the rules back then. Did, um, did I, I, I know you like golf games. When did you get into golf games? Uh, I used to play golf a lot back when I was 14, 15. Started yep. playing quite a lot and played junior pennant for my old hometown course and uh, won a, a junior club championship one year. So, yeah, golf was always something I, I played and golf games go along with that. And remember when Tiger Woods games first came out, I remember the old Lynx games as well. They were pretty fun, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, golf game's definitely been something I've played a lot over the years and looking forward to the next iteration of golf games because there'll be two coming out in the next little while with uh, one from EA once again and another one from 2K. So how about the new FIFA, Jay? Have, have you looked, we've had a lot in our community that are actually saying it's come back to it. We're having a big chat about with Chastity last night. Braden Tears now an official FIFA streamer. Have you had a look <laughs> at the new one yet? No, not yet. Uh, haven't played one for probably seven or eight months. So uh, I might get back into it, but I'll probably wait another 12 months and get back into it again. But um, yeah, I, I loved the, the FIFA games through the, the 2000s and the, the early 2010s as well. They were really good fun. So um, yeah, was was very, very into FIFA and um, was never any good at it, but did love playing it, did uh, occupy a lot of time. I love so, them, but yeah. I've noticed that I'm just an angry, angry person when I play them. Like I play <laughs> ultimate angry, team. Angry, angry person I, whenever you do anything. Well, that's true. But I <laughs> sit there and I'll I'll go two nil down in a game, and I'm just like, why am I even playing this? Like this just brings me so much stress. I don't even know why I put myself through it, but it is good fun. You should see him after he gets fourth out of thirty eight in an Aussie car race. He just sits there and <laughs> cries all afternoon. It's just. I wasn't so too bad last night. Bit. Last last week was a different story. Yeah, no, last night I was the one doing that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. That's for the podcast next week. Uh, so, Jay, did you always have a love for motorsports? At is that what happened? How did you yep. know Mitch McLeod? Hold on, let's go there first. Um, so Mitch's sister is married to my brother. There you go. I did not know that. Did you know that, Braden? Nope. That's so, yeah, a bit unfortunate, isn't it? It is. For, I don't know who I feel sorry for. All of us. <laughs> so yeah, well, no, I've, I've known Mitch for, for a long, long time. So we actually went to the same school together. I'm obviously oh, a few really? years older than him, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've was uh, he we've always a dropkick? Or I mean, no, he's a nice <laughs> bloke. But so you see him now. The person, the personality you see, I guess not not the person you know, but the personality you see him put across on on his streams. Is that the personality he's always had, or is that like? Is that the Mitch you know, or what? What do you say? That is the Mitch that I know and I've known for years. So yeah, Mitch hasn't changed much over the last fifteen or so and years. So never yeah. got in a drinking game with him or at all. I don't really drink that much, so no. <laughs> He's not one someone I'd I'd go up against in a drinking contest. Although he uh, he only seems to drink beer, which is pretty disgusting. 
Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. So, at what stage? So he gets you into eye racing. He says, "I'm pretty good at this." Is this when he's at the height of his career back in the day, or is this before that? Um. So when he got me involved in it uh, was when he was really at his his top. He had just or was just going over to Germany for the first Sim Expo, and he and uh, who was it that went from result in Lake, I think it was, they went over and did a, a 10 person competition in person over in Germany. And, um, that was, that was probably the first big worldwide sim racing event that, uh, was ever happened. And then from there, he was still pretty decent in the V8 and won a championship and then battled with Richard Hampstead for another one as well. But, the the role of names in that era of champions mm. in the iRacing V8 was unbelievable. You had Madison Down, who'd won nine of them. You had Justin Rougier fighting with him. You had Josh Muggleton right up there uh, and Richard Hampstead as well. So there were some really big names fighting for wins in that championship way back when. And, and to the fact that they're still all doing that now is pretty cool as well. That's what I was going to say. Some of the Some of the biggest names still, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I still remember Madison as a, a kid as well, racing in that series. I still struggle to think that he's as old as he is now because I still remember <laughs> him as a as a teenager from back then. So we'll go back to the original question, which was, uh, did you always have a love for motorsport? Yeah, so uh, I remember the first motorsport event I was introduced to was the old Super Trucks at Winton. Uh, I would have been seven or eight, so it would be the late 80s. Um, and my dad was an interstate truck driver and he got tickets to go over and it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And from there, I remember getting up early every Bathurst Sunday to watch Bathurst from the, the front of the, the lounge room floor all the way through the day and, and wouldn't leave my spot all day. So, yeah, I've, I've always had a love of motorsport and, and V8s and and grassroots motorsport have probably been my main things and over the last probably 10 years i've started to get more into formula one and an indycar uh always enjoyed nascar as well so the first real racing game i ever got was the original papyrus nascar racing back in the early 90s so which is obviously the starting point of i racing so yeah. the fact that I, I had that as well i think uh sort of helped my love of i racing as well once finally got onto there all those years later on. Uh, so are you the reason we're getting Winton? Uh, no, I can't can't say that I'm the reason we're getting anything in Australia. Okay. Um, I, I will say that I have been trying to, to get them to recognise what's going on over here quite a lot, but yeah. I don't have that much pull, unfortunately. Okay, that's neither fair. Do, neither do we. No, we're, we're definitely got less than you, so that's 100% sure. So... Uh, so, Winton, Bathurst, those kind of what's your, what's some of your biggest memories of, of back in those days of watching motorsports? Um, obviously going to Winton and and sitting. We used to sit and the the little shoot, what one, what is now, turn six? Is it the the sweeping left hander? We used to sit straight. If you were to continue sweeping around that corner and drive into the crowd, that would be where we'd sit. So we'd sit in, in that little shoot area between there near the gum tree. Um, so, yeah, sitting there and getting sunburnt in the winter, something I've, I've remembered. I don't know why I remember that, but um, that's something that sort of stuck with me. But I, I remember going to Bathurst for the first time as well, something I'll never, ever forget. Uh, which when was, was your first 20, time? 2011 or tw- no, 2012 was, oh, was really? the first Bathurst. So. Uh, 2012 was pretty cool. We actually, back then as well, the uh, the iRacing official series used to be broadcast. Well, when we had the broadcast, it actually used to go on the Supercars website um, on the main page while really? it was live. So um, Vern Nordgaard, who used to be the digital marketing manager at, um, at Supercars, he was, was huge into iRacing at the time as well. So... He, um, he got us some tickets to Adelaide, so I got to go to the Adelaide 500 for free thanks to Big Pond. and um, so, that, so that was very, very cool. But 
yeah, my my first Bathurst in 2012 was incredible. I had an all-nighter driving with me and Mitch in the car, and then we got there and walked the track. I still hadn't slept. It was absolutely unreal. And then I won, I think I won a thousand bucks on the pokies that night. So it was just oh, a wow. brilliant weekend. I couldn't <laughs> complain at all. I had an absolutely great time. So who, who won um, that year? I don't After even remember. I honestly don't oh, remember really? because because I had a couple of drinks that day and I uh, don't remember who won. I do remember stealing the hundred meter board from the chase though. I've still got it in the shed. <laughs> oh, well done, well done. <laughs> There you go, everyone who wants to know where that went, that we now know. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. So that's 2012. I, I was there 2014, so missed you by that much. Um, we were in the longest ever Bathurst 1000 race that had to get stopped for, for lunch breaks and stuff like that. It was, yeah, <laughs> There's always a story out of that place. It's a, it's phenomenal. It is. Uh, any other tracks you've been to? Uh, been to Sandown three or four times now. Uh Used to go to so Calder Sandown Park. Sandown and in... Winton are coming in. It's got to be you. Yep. You just be <laughs> modest. Well, uh, no, definitely not. I can't can't take any credit at all. Um, used to go to Calder Park back in the day. We used to go to the drag races Easter weekend uh, at Calder Park. So that was something we used to go to every year and I think would have been 14 or 15 the first time I ever saw the top fuel dragsters. And I, I can still feel the the movement in my body when they used to go past it's incredible i remember You've going never to them, never unreal uh i must have been only must have been only six or seven going to adelaide international raceway uh for a drag night with my dad and one of my best mates and his his dad and like the sheer terror that i felt when <laughs> a top fuel drag car went past me like it's just something else it's just as a kid You've just never experienced anything like that before. It's it's they're actually insane, <laughs> and it's a feeling that you can't even explain because no. you don't you don't watch them go by. You literally feel them go by. It's it's yeah. such an incredible feeling, and um, sadly we don't see it too much in Australia anymore. And if we uh, if we did have drags on like like what we had back then at Calder, I'd be definitely going back because. That's probably the closest facility to where I am now. So, Brayden, he's, he's dropped Winton. He's dropped Sandown. He's also dropped Adelaide 500. So I think, <laughs> is that hashtag confirmed? We're getting Adelaide <laughs> street track in there? Re- revive from the dead? I think Un- it is. Unfortunately, Adelaide <laughs> would probably need to get our street track back, first of all, <laughs> before our racing can. <laughs> no, so, they'd yeah. have the data somewhere. It's in It's in games. It's right. I think it's <laughs> confirmed. We'll go with it from there. Um, so... Did you always love commentary and the broadcast side of it? I guess when you're watching all the the races coming up, or was it just something you you fell into? I've always like, had a, a bit of an interest in the behind the scenes stuff of of how TV worked and stuff like that, and um, always loved photography and always loved recording videos and stuff like that. So uh, definitely has been something I've always enjoyed that side of uh, commentary wise. Not so much, although. I did used to do a little bit of community radio and, and that sort of thing as well. So I guess it sort of was a natural fit, although I don't feel I'm as good at it as other people claim I am. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably more that I fell into it as opposed to something I'd always wanted to do. So you sit down on a Thursday night, Aussie cars coming up. How does how does a broadcast start? What does a typical broadcast night uh, start for uh, for Jay? So for me, I make sure I'm set up at least half an hour before. So that includes having all of the the lower thirds animated and made, um, having the overlays ready to go, um, making all the graphics like the the championship standing graphics, making sure we got a, a track map ready. Um, making sure there's a B-roll as well. So the, the you know, the cinematic track images or footage, just in case something happens and, and you know, I can't connect to the session or I get booted, I've got something to, to show as a backup. So like the Bathurst one's down start. Exactly. Things go right. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. yeah. yeah. That, that exact situation is I've got something <laughs> to show rather than just showing an iRacing loading screen. So um, that having that sort of stuff ready and, and ready to go is, is what takes up a lot of the time, but I usually try and do that either the morning of or the night before. So then when I get into a session, so last night, I think I got in an hour before had the session loaded, tested some graphics, made sure that 
all my camera packs were ready and organized and then went and popped off and had some dinner with about 35 minutes to go before the broadcast started. So um, that that's usually how my night goes. And then last night after we finished, I uh, just trimmed up the replay files and then had to take some screenshots for the, the winner's post, which will go out next week. Spoiler, and- not on them. Again, I'll I'll have, to, I'll have to send you the the one when you finally win one, um, and and then from there um, if, start if. setting up setting up for the next show. So today, even though there's no broadcast on today, I'll be setting up for the weekend with majors and IGPS on Sunday morning, um, and the iRacing Americas tomorrow. So even though there's no broadcasts on today, it's still a full day of work. So how many? How many hours and days a week are you putting into this? So just so people understand. And how many streams do you have a finger in at the moment? Um, so we are averaging, we're in SimSpeed, are averaging one a day. Um, yeah. Plus, so you I work, also do other stuff, right? Yes. So I'm working on the iRacing Coca-Cola in NASCAR broadcast. So I'm the main camera operator on that. So that's every second Wednesday. Uh, during the day and then also working on the Delara and Porsche broadcasts as well. So uh, they're early, early, early starts and have to get on 3, 3.30 in the morning to be ready for those shows, which start at 5 a.m. So, um, yeah, so that that keeps me pretty occupied as well. With the Coke broadcasts or any of the iRacing stuff, do you have any, any any extra things at your disposal compared to what you normally have with SimSpeed? Because I know we've had a few people comment how good the Coke Coke streams look. Um, is it just because it's NASCAR, it's a little bit easier to, you know, the way iRacing put it together, it's a bit easier to make them look so nice? Or um, There's a lot more staff involved. So I think the average eNASCAR broadcast thing is 25 people on the production Wow. Roster for that show. Um, for Delara this morning, I think there was 11. So, yeah, it, the the money that Enescar's spending and promoting esports in general, and whether it be iRacing or uh, their new game through Motorsport Games, uh, they're, they're definitely investing a lot into it and it's working for them. And I think it's showing other motorsport uh, organizations that hey if you want to invest in in real new fans that is the way to do it you have to invest in fans through esports because that's where you're going to find new people that are going to be interested in your sport so 20 you say 25 people working on the coke series like what's that yep. look like you're doing cameras what what else are people doing in there all right so i'll read out our list and are you on a big week. zoom call and people talking to you no so so we're, we're we're in we use team speak so we we, we Ooh, do kick speech. it old, we do wow. kick it old school with team speak but there are reasons why <laughs> main reason is that you can whisper yes. so yeah so that, that was that's really probably the one yeah. one thing that i do wish we could do in discord but yeah um so we've got drew adamson who's the the broadcast director then you've got a technical director, a graphics operator, an audio operator, a Zoom operator, uh, an editor of the highlights, three camera operators, got a spotter. Then the editor has also got his own spotter, three commentators. There's four people on the pre-race show, a pit lane reporter, plus there's guys that are listening into all of the team channels to give the editor information for... Uh, his wow. highlights package, plus they do live audio as well. So if there's been contact or a bit of strategy calls or someone's pissed off at another driver, you may actually hear that in the broadcast. So there's a lot of beep, 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 beep going on mid-broadcast, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, but, yeah, so they've got, I think it's four or five operators for that too. So that's that's where the 25 come from. So wow. um, when you work on each different factor has someone working on it, each little little part of the show has one person or two people working on it quite quickly it gets up to 25 so how's that compared to a scops race uh three <laughs> <laughs> and that's two commentators and you yep that's it <laughs> that is literally it that is nuts uh, i can't believe that uh so we were talking before about your setup back in the day in, two, in november 2011 What's your setup look like now? Because you've added a few bits and pieces. I know you added something just recently. You've got what's it take physically for you to get SimSpeed up and running? Um, so 
currently running a 4K monitor as my main monitor, which I run iRacing and OBS and the overlays on. Then run a second monitor to the side, which I either have live timing or the chat or things like that on. Uh, and then from there, I run a second PC, which is where I can do highlights or replays or just have it up as a reserve. Or if there's a really, really big field that uh, starts to max out my PC, IEV at Scops or the MX5s we've been doing Tuesday nights, I'll actually run that second PC as my main and then remote control it through my main PC to get the cameras to work and, and everything to come through that way. So um, so I basically run a, a standard triple setup on one computer and then a, a 4K on my other one to, to make it all work. How many capture cards? Uh, two, but I'd love some more. <laughs> Definitely. No, another Definitely. two wouldn't go astray. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Um, Is, there you so go. when you're broadcasting, are you in communication with the commentators? Are you... You know, letting yep. them know things that are coming up and, and how does that work? Um, a lot of it, they, they have a, a live production feed so they can now see what is going out to the broadcast at the same time as the real world, which is what happens in real world motorsport. So uh, back... Are they seeing it at the same time we see it or are they seeing it at the same time you're seeing it? Because Seeing what, it at the same time. Clear. Yeah, seeing it when I see it. So they'll okay. see it real time. Yeah. Um, which is why they can commentate on replays and, yeah, and things like that. So like... Uh, for Bathurst, Lockie didn't even log into iRacing. He used oh, really? everything just off the production feed. You wouldn't have even known wow. that he wasn't using iRacing. So um, we we think back to when we first started, we never had a, a production feed. Everyone just had to be within iRacing and everyone sort of had to guess that you're on the same page. Um, <laughs> then as well, whoever was the producer would sort of yell out, what was happening on the live vision so that you could sort of keep up to date. Um, now sort of don't need to communicate as much because you can just literally show them visually what's going on. The only time we sort of communicate on things is if, you know, I've got a replay ready to show or I'm going to show a replay so that they, they sound a bit more prepared about what's coming up as well. But other than that, there's not a huge amount of communication that goes on like there used to be, which is great for the commentators because it means that they can concentrate a lot more on the race. Whereas back in the day, we used to had to concentrate on understanding mm. what the director was showing as opposed to knowing what was happening in the race. And things used to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Find that now we can cover the races a lot better, just purely based on them having a live feed. Yeah, it would make a huge difference. So have you got a button ready for when uh, David Haynes makes a really bad pun and you've got to like... <laughs> kill the audio or something like that <laughs> i do need a pun bell i think for for haynes <laughs> although I, I did make one of the best ones the this morning during the uh the e, no during the dalara broadcast um <clears throat> omar bahar uh who's racing races in vr so uh i, I said i uh, heard elf on the shelf there's bahar in vr and everyone thought that that was hilarious and so uh, you got more reaction than what david haynes gets from viewers oh, anyway look, when he I, drops them i, I definitely gave uh, i got a little bit more so yeah that was quite a funny one this morning i was quite proud of that one so who's the best commentator to work with and you can have you have to give an answer best to, to work with i would have yeah. to say race because i've worked with him for the longest and know that i can rely on him for whatever so uh race is definitely uh my favorite one of my favorite people in in the world as well absolutely love race and known him for years we used to be teammates that's where we sort of uh, started to to get along. We used to be teammates back in the old XSG motorsport days, and then Dynamic Sim Sports we used to be called. And then our team folded, and Reese went off and joined Fusion. Or before that, it was uh, Custom Image Custom Image Racing, I think they were called. And I went over and joined Torque. Um, back when I used to race, and now Reese is racing a lot more as well which is good to see and yeah, uh, yeah race is definitely definitely i can't i'm sorry to everyone else but race is my favorite just purely because i've known him for the longest and uh, i know him on a personal level as well do you have I was to gonna, i was, I was gonna just say, gonna say a... and why is ryan your least favorite <laughs> yeah <let's... laughs> no, ryan's great ryan uh ryan is a very very good commentator and he does have the potential to uh to make it as a real world commentator as well so Oh, is he commentating uh, again for SimSpeed, is he? I didn't notice. He'll be, he'll be on majors this week. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, have you got a volume 
for for Sperry. So when he when he gets those last two laps, you've just got to turn I do, down. I do crank him down a little bit in Discord. <laughs> just when we're getting up to two laps to go and there's five cars battling for the win. I do turn him down a little bit. I, I, would, have, I would have loved to have him on with uh, David Haynes last night and Jason as well, just for that last lap would have been great. <laughs> I don't think my headphones would have liked Sperry being on for those last couple of laps last night. Uh, oh, that is great. So so Jay Kennedy, the, the race driver extraordinaire. What, what are you race fans? Uh, back when I raced, I used to love racing, oval racing. Ovals yeah. were my main thing. When I got on, I obviously uh, was racing the V8 pretty religiously. Sunday nights and Monday nights, I used to race that. And then when OSR Dev started, I raced in that. Won a couple of races in Dev Series, but wow. oval racing was my main thing. Uh, the iRacing NASCAR Series, we used to have that on Saturday night. It used to be an Aussie exclusive split on a Saturday night. Wow. We ended up with like 60 or 70 core drivers that would race every week and then dwindled down to one full split. But uh, yeah, we used to race that every week. And I think my I rating in that in the Oval got up to like 2,400 or something. Um, won the Daytona 500 in that as well, which was pretty cool. So to to win one of the only Oz NZ Daytona 500s was pretty cool. Um but yeah, mainly oval stuff used to race the the, uh, the Indy car and the the truck and the uh, the cup cars. That was pretty much all I raced in the the latter half of my racing career. But when I get back into it next year, I'll probably run the Skippy and the truck. Ooh, Skippy! Someone else to run off the road. That's good to see. <laughs> was was the last time you drove in the Jafty car? Last time I drove was the Jafty car, but that was of course with an Xbox <laughs> controller, so I don't think that counts. But Previous to that, uh, I did run 30 or 40 laps uh, with a couple of guys at Atlanta in the trucks when I got my VR uh, working um, probably three or four months ago, but haven't really run. I don't think I've run a race in over three and a half years. So um, (laughs) my my (laughs) iRacing account isn't for, for racing, so should be renamed to iBroadcasting or something or iSpectating. Um, so I know you tried to get scops off the ground just recently. So you tried to get a bit more oval racing on sim speed. Where do you see oval racing in Australia at the moment? Uh, it's not at the, the, the level it should be because I know that there's a lot of drivers out there who run it and run in officials, but would like to race it in longer races and, and in different leagues and things like that. I don't know Ant's cars out there, but Ant's car is only as good as the competition pushing it. So that's one thing about V8 Scops. Uh, we, with us running V8 Scops, we can only be as good as the the next series pushing us along. And if they're evolving, we have to evolve quicker. But if there's no one else around, it sort of mm. can make you stale and, and things like that. So, yeah, for, for me, Antcar's great. They, they do a great job, but they need someone else to help them push them further along as well. Do you also not like Ant's car because Ryan Jones wins too many races over there? Is that what I heard as well? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm joking. It's all good. I know. Uh, that, I know you're a good. You're a big oval fan, and I know you'd love to see some more oval stuff on. Oh, so hopefully, we can sort on that, work that out in the future. But hopefully, we'll see something go really well with scrap next year, and uh, we'll get something going. And we're also working on something. On the American side of things as well for an oval series as well. So fingers okay. crossed we can get that happening as well. Did, did you see my young co-host here got his first taste of NASCAR on Wednesday night? No, I didn't say that. He drove, drove the Xfinity car around Charlotte. Great choice. And, Great choice. Yeah, the Roval. Oh, well, that's not quite as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he, got, he almost got top 10, didn't you? What was it, 12, 11? Yeah, 12. 12. He's got the bug. So, lock on racing should be heading over. Oval there, racing so. for me, I think, is uh, is so different to to what people think. People go in there with an expectation that I oh, all you're doing is turning left, but it's so much more intense than that. And hey, it's turning left and trying not to die. Yeah, well, <laughs> well that, and you, you have to be millimeter perfect lap yeah, after lap after yeah. lap after lap. Like that's that's the hardest bit. But the consistency over so many laps is what is really really tough to do, and that's why the, the best of the drivers in the world are the best because they can do it so consistently. Yeah. And the one thing I've noticed as well, like on, like for instance, in the skippies last night, you know, you can 
take your mind off the job for you know a third of the lap with the long straights around Road America. You can't do that in a NASCAR race because you've got someone touching your rear, touching your side, preparing to get you on the next corner, or you know, and then you're thinking about how are my tires, how much uh, can I keep going on these tires? Mm. Do I need fuel? Is there going to be a safety car? Am I going to make it to the end? Like ah, that... pace car, pace car. Okay, pace car. All that <laughs> all that time is spent. Uh, thinking about the rest of the race as opposed to, you know, being able to switch off for a little bit. Yeah. And the, the other part of that too, is how many strategies that you can run in those yeah. races too. And, you know, tire conservation, do you conserve the tires or do you push and, and take an extra pit stop? How much time do you lose from doing that? So that yeah. there's lots and lots of options out there. So yeah. Um, making sure that you, you've got the strategies planned out and understand that there are multiple options that you can do uh, is one of the things I really love about it. So um yeah the the alternate strategies and the different strategies that they're they're the things that get my mind going and i love about it yeah so we go from skippies which is a non-contact racing league to (laughs) something like over which is full contact and it's (laughs) it's encouraged um it's a very very different thing and i love it so that every time i hear my the squeal of my tires in my ears i cry a little bit inside because i know that's an extra tenth or or, so i'm not going to have at the end and (laughs) it's going to make a huge difference but Anyway, ovals, gotta love it. Hopefully, we get more of it. Now, Jay Kennedy, what what is it that you've seen grow in? Obviously, the the actual iRacing community, the esports community over the last ten years since you've been in it has grown huge. What's some of the biggest and best advances you've seen in the industry since you've been in it? Within iRacing themselves, yeah, or, within, or just any kind um, of esports coverage of the of the races? Because obviously, now we've got e series and we've got some really professional. You know, it's it, like it's even been broadcast over in America on the big channels as well. So, yeah, well, I think that the biggest thing for me was last year during the pandemic, the fact that we went live on Fox in the US. Were you as part a, of that legend. broadcast? I was part of oh, all wow. of those broadcasts. That were, was that were bigger than 25 people? Was that 40? Uh, no, I think we had a smaller crew than oh, that really? at that point, too. So, uh, it was very, very different back then to now. So we've changed a lot in the last 18 months within the iRacing broadcast. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's evolved a lot. iRacing and everyone says, Oh, it's, it's like such an old game. You go back and watch <laughs> some of the videos from people that uploaded 10 years ago and you see how much it actually has changed and how much it's evolved. And even month on month, it's evolving little by little. It's probably mm. not as fast as some people would like, but it definitely is evolving. But the biggest addition, I think, for me over the time of iRacing was team racing. Um, iRacing absolutely nailed team racing. And you you see other sims have issues with it. So like the original R-Factor, you basically had to break the game to make team racing work. You had to trick trick the game into breaking to make team racing actually a thing. So um, we always knew that iRacing were going to do it really well. But I think it's impressed a lot of people with how good it is and uh, surprised a few people with how good it is. But so for me, that's probably been the biggest advancement we've had. Um, how strong league racing's got is pretty huge as well. But yeah, I think mainstream acceptability of esports now as well is probably one of the other things too. Like you, even yeah. two years ago, thinking that, you know, a sim racing event broadcast on TV sort of seemed like a bit of a, oh, what a nerdy thing. But now it's got a lot of more legitimacy and, um, in a strange way, the pandemic's probably thank to thank for that because I don't yeah. think that's going to go away. The fact that it now is a legitimate alternative to motorsport. Mm-hmm. I always kind of look at iRacing as <laughs> they're almost like, and at the risk of starting a Apple versus Android war with our seven viewers, um, <coughs> you know that sometimes they might not necessarily get something first or do something first, but when they do do it, they do it properly. And mm. I, I always see that a little bit in Apple. You know, you always have the Android people say, "Oh, we've had this feature for two years," but like when they eventually do do it, it's done really well and it just works. Uh, and that's kind of how I see iRacing a little bit. They might take a little bit of time to get it right, but they're not going out in the wild, wild west and and putting things out there that maybe aren't quite ready to be put out there. Um, and they do a really good job of it. Hundred percent, and uh, seen that with, uh, like not only within the game itself, but or the game engine itself, but like with cars and tracks, you know, they take that little bit longer just to make sure it's right, rather than just push it out and rush it out 
Um, yeah, oh, hang on, the build's coming, I better just push it out. Oh, yeah, she'll be right. So they don't do that. They put in the extra work to make sure it's right. And if it isn't quite 100%, they'll make sure it gets to 100%. They don't just leave it as it is. So I think that's um, why think I'm that's pretty happy with things. Um, the rain that's coming up because obviously other people have done rain and all that kind of stuff. But you know why racing's not putting it in unless it's it's going to affect the game in a positive manner. So. Well, the other yeah. part to it, they're doing everything around rain. So making sure if you're doing a 24-hour race and you want to customize it to have some rain, you can do that and set it so that yeah. it's going to be there for a couple of hours and not for the whole thing. So um, I will say I was working on that broadcast that we did the, <laughs> the, the rain exclusive and nobody was watching the race. Nobody had a clue what was going on in the race during So was that planned he was going to do that obviously yeah, was yeah definitely yeah. was planned we sort of we sort of got clued in that something big was coming and was going to be announced at some point but we weren't ready for how much we were going to see and we were all blown away and wow. um the guys that were commentating on zoom they had their mouths like their jaws were dropped <laughs> for the whole time because the fact that we could see in to racing in the future essentially we were seeing what yeah. we're going to see in racing in 12 months time and to see it there and then was was pretty amazing and, and something I'm really looking forward to as well. I've, I've said this for a long time too. Rain is the one feature that everyone wants until they have to race in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, look, like, like I said, I think they'll do it right. So oh, that's sure. why I'm looking forward to it. Another variable, another thing that's going to bring Alex McKellar and Ben Snell back to the field, I'll, I'll bring it on, definitely. Or, or take them <laughs> further away. <laughs> yeah, well, one or the other. Who cares? Uh, so... Did you have you watched? We, we talked before about how you know you were only as good as the the person or the broadcaster that's pushing you along and, and competing with you. We've obviously seen the 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 emergence of the E series on Channel Ten, as we mentioned before. Have you been watching any of that? No, I've been too busy to watch any of it. So, so did you, you miss the whole them talking all the way through the Bathurst race about Scops? Like they dropped the name Scops like four, five, six, seven times. I think it was. The most I've had to do with that is chatting to Johnny Simon. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. When, when, Honestly, when, had no time at all to watch any of it. So, so, so yeah. the fact that someone like that, though, is mentioning your the racing league that you're broadcasting and, and glowing, like absolutely glowing about it, like, is that make you feel good? Like, 100%. 100% does. Um, and, I mean, the whole intention of V8 Scops was to give the, the drivers an outlet to race at a, a premier level without having to commit week on week on week on week, which is what the guys did for 12 weeks in a row for the, the official series, which is what we used to, to cover. And it just got too hard for, for the drivers to commit at that intense level for 12 weeks straight to have no race control in official, to have us as broadcasters to commit at, at a, a top level for, for 12 weeks back to back to back it was pretty intense so the the premier series came about because of the uh the official series just being too strenuous for the drivers to do at such an intense level so um yeah it, that's that's pretty cool to, to hear that it's being considered so high within the community i mean that was always the, the plan and always the intention and next year uh, the the rule changes that we're we're gonna hopefully be able <laughs> yeah. to bring in will uh will help take it that extra little bit further. So, um, always looking to improve and and always looking for feedback on how to improve. And then once we've got that an idea, that's only half the trouble. Implementing changes in a fair way that is fair to everyone that actually works as well is the other part to it too. Yeah, so are, are you, do you just hope the next Scops race goes with no controversy? It's just straight. I mean, I, I know it's going to. So there's always going to be controversy. So I, I'm I'm ready for it. I already know it's going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's going to be at Long Beach too. So there's definitely yeah. going to be some controversy. As long as there's no Jason Fewen type flying cars in the uh, final hairpin. You should Fingers be crossed we don't see that. <laughs> um. I was just going to jump back to iRacing quickly. Is is there anything that you would like to see from them sort of that would help with broadcasting or help help from the back end side of things for, for people that are broadcasting? Obviously, there's lots of things as drivers we'd like to see. Um, but is there things, any small things or updates that would really make your job easier or, or be able to deliver an even better product than you already do? I think uh, working on CPU load would be the biggest thing. 
Yeah. Um, so that is the the main killer of every broadcaster out there. So uh, as soon as you have a, a big field of cars, you'll find that your CPU struggles and even broadcasting. I wasn't broadcasting, but doing the Delara broadcast today, I was having CPU issues with only 26 cars. I was getting down to, to 25 FPS. So um, it's it's probably the main thing there, making sure that we can optimize things a little bit better around CPU usage. So for me, I think everything else, if iRacing doesn't do it themselves, there's a third-party app out there that does it perfectly well for you. So um, ATVO is the overlay software we use, and we we pay for the, uh, the a commercial version of that too. So you know we've got a pretty heavy expense paying for that, but I think that helps make the product a lot better and, and helps stand out from others out there. So when you put up an overlay that says the wrong track, how often do you think about that afterwards? Um, no, not too much. Okay. No, no, you just sort of got to move on. I mean, you can dwell on it afterwards, but if you dwell on it during the race, it's going to hurt your product that you put out there. So you sort of have to move on and then you can concentrate on those things after. But I do often take notes on things I need to change and things I have to yep. fix so that I do remember after the fact and can go back and update things and fix things. So you also stream on Twitch and YouTube or you put videos on YouTube and you Twitch. What's yep. it like sitting there? I, I've watched you while I've been waiting to do some stuff with you. You do your B-roll and you do all your setup stuff on Twitch on an, on some days so people and you sit there and chat. What's that like? To I enjoy the community while you while you do that stuff. I think letting people see how much is involved is is important. Um all well and good to to just rock up and and do a show but it's no different to racing. You have to put in your preparation beforehand. You have to be prepared. You have to be set up. You have to understand what you're doing. And, you know, if you're racing and you rock up without practice, it's not usually going to go well. So to, to rock up to a broadcast without being prepared beforehand is is pretty pointless. So doing those things, having a checklist, making sure you've got every single asset that you need ready to go beforehand, really, really important. And showing the community how much work goes in, I think helps take some pressure off a little bit because if there's mistakes, well, you know, you sort of understand, well, geez, there's a lot that goes on. So it's, it's not as bad. So I think it, for me, I think it's, it's more of a, a way to, to de-stress a little bit during those big shows because mistakes can and do happen. So uh, showing that there's a lot more that goes in than just clicking a couple of buttons and just uh, setting iRacing to most exciting and that, that then let it go. It's a little bit more to it than that, so it's a it's a pretty fine science to actually make a show run smooth and tell the story of a race. But um, yeah, I think showing those other little things is pretty cool too, because we also get a lot of questions about how do you make your camera packs and things like that, and how do you get your cameras to look so cool? I've done live streams of building camera packs as well, and um, upload a lot of cameras that we make as well. So um, to have people see that in the works as well, I think it's pretty cool for uh, for that side of it as well. I know one thing that I really like about the Sims 3 broadcast, especially when I wasn't driving as well as I have been recently, was the <laughs> fact that you're able to give, you know, so many different people airtime on, on the broadcast. How important is that to, to making a good broadcast? Yeah, I think it's, it's key. You've got to try and include as many people as possible, even if you're only showing them for five or 10 seconds. And everyone loves to see their name on TV. So uh, if you can get, as many people in a field on screen as you can, uh, I think that's pretty important. And showing everyone at least once throughout a show, I think's always the aim. Uh, doesn't always happen, but it's, it's always the aim to try and show someone. And then often you, you do that. And when you go to find someone else to show that you haven't shown for a little while, there's an extra story involving either involving that car or around that car. So, um, you know, at Bathurst in the 1000, we had, you know, four or five cars up the front, but they were all sitting single file. So finding the next couple of groups of cars, well, hang on, all of a sudden they're changing positions, they're fighting. That's way more entertaining than watching the first five just play follow the leader. So you find other stories by doing that too. So um, if you don't see a story un un unraveling in the, the lead group, you move to the next group and the next group, you find whichever group's most exciting. Um, and from that too, if nothing's happening with all of the groups, that then becomes a story in itself. Why are they not making moves? Why are they not trying to overtake? Why are they fuel saving? Why are they doing this and that? So um, 
it, it helps tell a different story in the race as well by showing different people throughout. I really wish some people were doing that last night where I was. It would have changed the race completely. But anyway, um, I, I felt like back in the day, back in the early seasons of Aussie Car, the only time you'd show me was when I was spinning. So thanks for that. Too, I still do man. that now. I did that last night. I haven't watched the I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't. Um, so give us some of the, the names you've you've dealt with over the time like 10 years in i racing there's got to be some some of the drivers you've seen go from nowhere to hero and, and all this kind of stuff what's some of the biggest improvers you've seen over the time besides uh, <laughs> uh justin ruggio when he first come on was very very green but uh watching him go on and and literally run out of fuel to to lose a championship over madison down <laughs> Uh, that was that was probably one of the the best events that we've or best shows that we've done within uh, i racing back in twenty twelve I think it was might have been early twenty thirteen so uh, Rougier was was really cool to watch him come through. Um, oh, Dane Warren came from literally nowhere to be one of the best in Australia. Uh, Josh Rogers, of course, oh wow, yeah, come from come from not, like nowhere as well and worked his way up to now living in Germany and uh, professional Porsche, well, Porsche eSports driver. So he'll be running under the Porsche eSports banner for the uh, the 24-hour series. So that that's pretty cool from, from someone who was a nobody that built his way up through the Monday V8s and then, uh, sorry, through uh, V8 Scops. Uh, I think the first race, I think he was a second split runner and then come through to to win a, a 1,000 and no, sorry, he didn't win a 1,000, second in a 1,000 and nearly win a championship. So we've, we've seen him grow as well. Um, but yeah, there's so many people that have that have come through uh, from, from the lower ranks and worked really hard and, and progressed a long way. So um but but yeah, seeing the success of Rogers and and Dane, probably some of the cooler ones that we've had because truly young guys that have started from the very bottom and worked their way up. Is where do you see some holes in in I guess sim speed at the moment? But i racing leagues in in general, like is there something you're keeping an eye on on why that we don't have this or why we don't have that, or you think you got it pretty well covered at the moment? I uh, definitely want to do something IndyCar related. Definitely. Yeah something lacking in OzNZ IndyCar wise because it seems like the only time of the year that anyone wants to race the IndyCar is at the Indy 500, but the IndyCar is such a great car and we have the opportunity to run, <clears throat> excuse me, run a really cool schedule as well. So um, I'd love to do something with the IndyCar and definitely something oval related. So stock car, whether it be cup Xfinity or, or trucks, we'll definitely want to see something with that in the future. Um, they're, they're probably the main two. Uh, whether we see something pop up in OzNZ with the new F1 cars when they come out either later in the year or next year as well, that would be cool. But um, obviously we already do IRS and Grand Prix series at earlier clock Sunday morning, which uh, <laughs> 5.30 Sunday morning alarms aren't fun. But Especially on uh, Bathurst right... 1000 day. Yeah, well, yeah, they haven't. <laughs> they weren't great fun. But yeah, that's... Uh, that series has been one of the most enjoyable series we've done in high racing for a long time as well. So um, Veras GT has been really exciting as well, but I would love to see, uh, would love to add a GT3 league to our roster as well as having the official series as well. But um, other than IndyCar, I think we, we've pretty much got everything covered that I would like to cover. But IndyCar is something that I've been, thinking about and had in the back of my mind for probably two years on how we could do something and, and get an IndyCar league or a series going. So if uh, if anyone out there is thinking of doing something <laughs> IndyCar related, shoot me a message. I know that um, my former teammate, Julia Mookie, um, is a massive proponent for the for the IndyCar. He, he races it um, all the time and races in a couple of leagues and he loves it and he thinks it's an absolute great car. Yeah, it's definitely um, a good series as well. And I mean, got backing from from the real series as well. So uh, it, it has the, the possibility of being something really big within OzNZ and a pathway to something else as well. 
And I guess with Scotty over racing him yeah, now, it, now's as good a time as any to probably try and start something, I suppose. Definitely. The rookie of the year. Thank you very much. Um, I, I, raced, I raced the indie officials for a fair while there too. They, they are good fun, especially the fact that you do get the chance to race them on, on the, the nice flowing road tracks and also the, the oval tracks. It really does give you that, that mixture of, of things you can do. Yeah. Just got to get and I think, pace. I think that we'll see a couple of extra tracks from the IndyCar series join iRacing too. That's not anything confirmed, but I would no, that's be guessing. confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. <laughs> I, that would be what I would be guessing would be next on the uh, on the American side of things uh, would be maybe uh, Portland. I mean, they, they did say that they were, were trying to get to Portland to scan it, so um, Portland Raceway would be pretty cool to have. And, and it just got know, added to the Xfinity and Trucks roster, right? So yep. I could imagine that they'll be, they'll be putting it in pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and St. Pete's would be cool to have too. Yeah, but St. Pete's that would is... be would be tough to get done, but um, I mean, if they've got Long Beach done, they've got Chicago, the Chicago street circuit in and, you know, Belle Isle, I guess that they could do St. Pete's one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So well, hopefully we can get up, up and running fairly soon because, uh, yeah, I'd love to watch some IndyCar action. Um, it's just the wrong time to be able to watch the, the real stuff. So anything yep. extra would be really good. Um, so... Look, we are getting towards an hour. I've taken you for a fair chunk of time here. Um, but let's finish up with what's your action. So you haven't raced for three years. Do you have a good sim set up or not? Um, I'm actually about to get a, a rig. So Ooh. getting a rig and uh, hopefully we'll be getting a VRS wheel as well very soon. So uh, next year I'm planning to do a bit more racing. So get set up we actually so how's that my, look um, for sim speed if you're racing and not well during the day <laughs> i've got plenty of time during the day that i can okay. uh, fill in a couple of hours for for some racing so um yeah my, my plan is to race during the day and broadcast at night okay so race during the day put those videos up on youtube and then broadcast during the night okay cool. yeah okay well, that's good where can people oh brayden have you got anything final you want to ask jade last question to get off your chest oh, just just a couple quick ones obviously when you are broadcasting stuff it's on on the sads twitch channel where's that name yep. come from so the sad stands for shit aussie doing streams <laughs> okay <laughs> so that, that legit is what sa uh, sats stands for but um so my my original plan with with the sads was it was just going to be a bit of a banter sort of muck around have a bit of fun page but it sort of turned into what I've made my gamer tag. So, and and it sort of fits. It's a, a cool acronym. And I mean, if you get angry at the end of whatever you're doing, well, there you go. There's the sad. So, um, it, it that that's where it comes from. So, yeah, it actually stands for shit Aussie doing streams. But yeah, um, I need to thank Andrew Osiah for uh, doing that logo. It said it's one of the most favorite logos he'd ever done. Um, so yeah, that that's where that comes from. It, it's just basically a little bit of fun and. A little bit of a piss taker myself, so <laughs> trying to not take things too seriously and just have fun a bit more. Oh, that's good. And I guess the last one just was sort of what what do you see in the future for SimSpeed? Is there anything on the horizon, or just continue uh, making the product uh, the best best out there that you can? Oh, we're definitely trying to improve um, year on year. So, I mean, this year we're on track to do the most hours broadcasted that we ever uh, ever have in a year calendar year. So. Um, there's that we want to do a little bit more association with real, real world stuff. So, um, being obviously we worked with ARG last year. Uh, we worked with the, the South Australian XL series, um, worked with Erebus and Matt Stone racing last year as well. And we want to do a bit more of that, uh, in the coming 12 months as well. So, uh, fingers crossed we can, we can work out some of those things. Um, for me personally, I want to do more stuff within iRacing as well. Um, Hopefully they'll they'll keep me on the roster, but um, I've I've really enjoyed working with iRacing, and it's definitely been the biggest help for me as a, a broadcaster was working with iRacing over the um, <clears throat> over the past eighteen months. I've learnt so much about uh, about broadcasting and about you know telling the story of a race just from bouncing ideas off literally some of the best broadcasters within iRacing all working together. So. Within an a NASCAR broadcast, there's guys from GSRC, Podium, Race Spot, and SimSpeed all working together to the common towards a common goal. So, uh, the fact that we all work together and 
we all do work together behind the scenes as well is uh, is something a lot of people don't realize as well. So uh, Hugo Luis from Race Spot, one of the the best uh, iRacing F1 drivers ever been, but uh, the main producer at, or one of the main producers at Race Spot reached out to me the other day just about the the Bathurst 1000 stuff and we've been bouncing ideas around what what that may have been and how to tackle that in the future. So, you know, we, we all work together and all work together towards a common goal. Quickly, I just want to talk about the Scops again, just quickly. Yep. The, the fact that now we're doing the support series and, and the fact that you had like a pretty much a four-day event or my three-day event for Bathurst 1000 this year, was that something you'd, you'd been aiming for for a fairly long time or was that something that sort of came together this year? We've always wanted to make Bathurst feel like an event as opposed to another race. Yeah. And I think this year we nailed it with the the format on how we, we did things. Other years we've had special races and one-off races and they've often turned into rec fests and, you know, random people just joining and not caring. Like one mm-hmm. year, I think we had a 55 car GTE grid and only had 10 finish because people just didn't care. So yeah. the, the Saturday night always turned into a bit of a meme, but having it as part of the series meant something a little bit more the drivers that have been there had all raced each other so it felt a little bit more like a full event weekend as opposed to just the Bathurst 1000 or just another race so uh, I think this year we did nail it and we're already working on what we're going to do for next year whether we expand it even further or or keep it very similar yeah because I've already had some suggestions thrown at me that that you have a couple races before the Bathurst 1000 like you would have on the race days we did do that one year but uh it turned into a twelve-hour day, and it was very, very. Yeah, tough. So I was going to so say you, you're it, up at five o'clock day. doing doing the other series, and then you're going to roll straight into that. So you need you need buddy, you need a help helper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who, some, you can some, do something some while you sleep. <laughs> no, sleep's overrated. <laughs> is, apparently, I'm running on none. Uh, thank you, Jay Kennedy, for your time. My pleasure. Now, quickly, if people want to get in contact with you because they've got an indie series that they want to get running or they just want to see your cool content, where can they find you or contact you? Yep, my personal stuff is uh, I always stream on Twitch when I'm doing my personal stuff, so uh, twitch.tv forward slash the sads T-H-E-S-A-D-S Simspeed, if you do want to or do have an idea around an indie series or want to bounce some ideas uh, reach us on our Facebook page is probably easiest uh, at Simspeed TV. And of course, on YouTube at Simspeed TV. Uh, also on Twitch, Simspeed Esports. Uh, also on Instagram as well, uh, Simspeed TV there as well. Oh, sorry, Simspeed Esports there as well. And on Twitter as well, Simspeed, uh, Simspeed TV. Sweet. Braden, where can people find you if they want to hear about your sad stories in life? Yeah, if you want to hear me, uh, or probably watch me, I don't know, I was going to say stream some iRacing, but I just haven't been doing that lately. I've been streaming everything else. Uh, you could jump over on twitch.tv slash the1dwade, or if you want to have a chat about anything else sporting related or anything else in general, uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Braden Talks. Definitely find all that stuff at lockedonlads.com. Uh, if you want to get all that, I'm going to revamp that hopefully sometime in the next uh, three, four months. Uh, but locked on Discord. Dot, sorry, locked on lads.com slash Discord. Uh, locked on lads on Facebook. Locked on lads on Twitch. Locked on lads YT on YouTube. Locked on lads on Twitter. Are uh, all the places you can find us. There's probably others out there too. I'm sure if you look up locked on lads, you'll probably find it. Uh, but thank you, Jay Kennedy, for your time. We will catch up with you next time. We have to talk V8 Scops anyway. But thank you for giving us an hour of your time. A bit more over that to chat about you, finally. My pleasure. It's been fun. Excellent. Thank you very much. We'll have a good one and see you later.